Good morning, Rosemont Bible Church. <laughs> I'm happy to be here this morning, and uh, I will share with you the new series on the book of Colossians, and we have a lot of stuff uh, this morning, and by the grace of God, I will do my best <laughs> to, to share what I have in my, on my heart to you. And the outline is, um, you will see it on your screen, this morning is, uh, we will speak after my short introduction, I will speak, I will describe the, the false doctrine and their equivalence uh, uh, today. And the middle of false doctrine, we, we want to see the Gnosticism, the Judaism, and the Antinomianism. And after that, we will pass through the test and to see uh, the structure of the prayer and the test given and the, the test, the tense the test giving and the prayer of uh, Apostle Paul. And because we have a lot of stuff, I need to call uh, uh, a special sister who wants to read the test for us this morning. And after the reading, uh, we will pray and start our, uh, our sharing this morning. The test will be written in French, but we'll have it on your screen in, in English. Okay. parmi vous depuis le jour où vous avez entendu et connu la grâce de Dieu conformément à la vérité. D'après les instructions que vous avez reçues des Frappas, notre bien-aimé compagnon de service, qui est pour vous un fidèle ministre de Christ et qui nous a appris à quelle charité l'Esprit vous anime. C'est pour cela que nous aussi, depuis le jour où nous en avons été informés, nous ne cessons de prier Dieu pour vous et de demander que vous soyez remplis de la connaissance, de la volonté en toute sagesse et intelligence spirituelle. Pour marcher d'une manière digne du Seigneur, et de lui être entièrement agréable, portant des fruits en toutes sortes de bonnes œuvres et croissant par la connaissance de Dieu, fortifié à tous égards par sa puissance glorieuse, en sorte 
que vous soyez toujours et avec joie, persévérant et patient. Rendez grâce au Père qui vous a rendu capable d'avoir part à l'héritage des saints dans la lumière, qui nous a délivrés de la puissance des ténèbres et nous a transportés dans le royaume du Fils de son amour, en qui nous avons la rédemption, la rémission des péchés. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <rire> Merci à ma femme pour cette belle lecture. Nous allons prier notre Dieu. Père de notre Seigneur Jésus, tes enfants ici réunis sont émerveillés par ta promesse d'être avec nous. Et nous confessons que tu es avec nous ce matin et qu'au travers de ton esprit, tu es capable d'aller vers le cœur de chacun d'entre nous pour adresser la réalité de ta révélation dans nos cœurs pour une application, pour, une, pour un renouvellement des acquis en toi. Seigneur, sois béni pour ta sainte présence. Béni sois-tu pour ces temps que nous passons. Merci d'utiliser ce que j'ai préparé pour bénir le cœur de tes enfants ici réunis, sans oublier moi-même, Seigneur. Je prie que toute la gloire te revienne au nom de Jésus. Amen. The Epistle of Colossians, from which a series of sermons will come, It's one of many letters of Apostle Paul. It was written between year 60 and 62, according to the exegetic. It is pla its place of writing is still debated, but each of the suggested places does not detract from the depth of the message addressed to us. Some think it was written while Paul was in the prison in Rome, others while he was in Ephesus. The Colossus city referred to the city that was in decline at the time of the writing. It is the city of Asia Minor. The church to which the letter is addressed would have been founded by Epaphras. All research confirmed that Paul never went there, but received the testimony of their faith through Epaphras. Like any book, there are many teachings, but for the time we have this morning, I will talk about the doctrinal dangers, the Paul thanksgiving, and the prayer of Paul to the Colossians, and finally, the application for us who are church today here in Montreal or elsewhere in the world. The description of the prevalent false doctrine and their equivalence today. The first one is the Gnosticism. The Gnostic glorify themselves in their knowledge. They claim to possess knowledge superior than the apostle. The Gnostics claim that no one could be happy unless they have been initiated to the deep mysteries of their sect. They deny the humanity of Christ. They thought that Christ was a divine influence that emanated from God 
and descended upon the man Jesus at his baptism. They also thought that the divine influence abandoned Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane just before the crucifixion. Thus, according to them, Jesus was dead, but not the Christ. The Gnostic practiced ascetism, self-mortification, and self-denial in the hope of reaching the higher level of spirituality. They also have the sublimation of angels. The second is the Judaism. We can also call it legalism. Judaism is the set of beliefs, rules, and forms that shape the religion of Jewish people. The most popular ones that we know are Pharisees, like Paul. But there are also Sadducees, Essenists, Zealots, to name a few. I will spare us the specificity. However, let us remember what Paul says about himself in Philippians 3, verse 5. What we know about the Sadducees is that they didn't believe in a resurrection, according to Mark 12, uh, verse 18 to, 17, to 27. The last one is l'antonominisme. C'est plus facile en français. In antonominisme, it is believed and taught that person under the grace of God does not need to control themselves and that one leads in carnal passion and desires without restriction. For those, we have been following the Galatians series, they have the echo of Paul's writing. Uh, I know that for many of us, <laughs> we have heard a lot of big words this morning, uh, like Gnosticism, uh, Judaism, and Antonomiasm, but there are some equivalents of all this thought in our midst today. And what we can just get is, uh, like a Gnosticism, you can see uh, the equivalence today is the myth of the one uh, the, in the myth of Christian science, the theosophy, the Mormon, or the member of the or the doctrine of the Church of Christ of Jesus Christ of the latest day, and the Jehovah Witnesses. All of those, all of this kind of uh, reflection or thought relate to the Gnosticism. The Antonomianism is simply. Uh, the one who believes that the grace is sheep, the sheep grace, present in several Christian and evangelical communities. They think that because we, have, we are saved by the grace, we can do all things that we want in our life. That is not good. It's not true. And the last one, the legalism or the Judaism, there's, there's the conception of the salvation by works. That is not also the truth. Our salvation is only by Jesus Christ. We cannot deserve it. In this kind of reflection, they, they, think, they think that it's only by your works that you can be agreed to God. And this kind of uh, reflection still be present in the Jews' uh, religions, and we can also see it, as I said, 
uh, in the Christian uh, community also. To write this book, Paul based himself as he has always done on the reality of the, he, of the reality of his addresses to bring them the required teaching. Let us now follow uh, the pen of uh, Apostle Paul. Number two, the Paul's, Paul's thanksgiving, verse one to eight. After greetings, which we are already used to, we see that he addressed the letter to the saints and the faithful who are in Christ in Colossae. Paul calls the saints, called them saints, because they are separated from the world and set apart for God. They are called to live a holy life in Christ. Ascetism practices do not make them holy. It is only the life in Christ in them who can make uh, them holy. They also call them faithful brothers because they are adopted children of the same father in Jesus. Colossians are in, the, are in Christ by position, not by merit. The intimacy obtained from this position in Christ is communicated the life, of the, the life and the nature of Christ in them, which is incomprehensible to the human beings. And Paul thanked God for that. He brings also the term of uh, grace and peace in this segment of Thanksgiving. Just a simple explanation. Grace is God bending over lost and sinful humanity with passion and love. And peace is the fruit that appears in the life of one who accepts the free gift of God's grace. Paul goes on to Praise God and pray in verse 3. Paul addressed God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because the Colossians lives in Christ and the life of Christ is in them, then God is their Father. And for you and me today, if we believe in Christ Jesus, God will be our Father. The God of the universe, full of glory and majesty, is the Father of our, G our Lord Jesus Christ. Et ça, c'est important de le dire, en mes mots que je maîtrise le plus, que le Dieu qui est infini a décidé, dans son amour, de se loger dans l'être fini que toi et moi, nous sommes. Et cette cette disposition, cette volonté de Dieu de se révéler à nous est une, est, une, est une disposition qui est faite et en même temps continuelle. 
parce qu'il est infini, il se révèle dans le fini que toi et moi nous sommes, pour que de manière continuelle nous dépendons de lui, pour tendre vers celui qu'il est pour l'éternité, quand les temps seront accomplis. Ça, c'est le miracle que Christ a fait à la croix. Et l'apôtre Paul a raison au moment où il adresse cette lettre aux Colossiens de rendre grâce à Dieu pour cela. Parce que le Dieu grand et infini décide d'être on ne peut plus proche de l'être humain que nous sommes, malgré notre arrière-plan de pécheur. Souvenons-nous, Dieu a, nous a aimés avant que nous ne soyons justifiés. J'aime souvent dire que la première prière, ta première prière que Dieu a exaucée, tu étais encore pécheur. Mais il a exaucé parce qu'il nous aime. Paul gives thanks because he heard about the faith of Colossians. Note that he never saw them, but Epaphras did a good job and a good report. Paul put forward the reason of his praise to God that is the faith of Colossians in Jesus Christ and the love of the Son. Around us, there are many people who say that they love others. That is good. But without Christ, this love is empty. Some pass themselves over themselves off as Christians without faith in Christ and therefore without the true love. That is not the case of the Colossians. And now in, the, in, the day, in, in these days, we see many things through the social justice. The most just social justice without the guidance of the Christ is also incomplete. We are in the time of confusion. Those from outside are setting such a good example of social justice, and we follow them while it is up to us, the church, to set the good example because we have the revelation of God and the true love in our heart. It is good for us to pray that the, 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 the love of God shine in our heart and that the world can see the, true, uh, the truth and the best and the good uh, uh, social justice. The Colossians were not the disciples in secret or hiding. They were the disciples in action. They were, they were the examples to follow. Paul goes, Paul goes on to thank God for the hope that it is store for them in heaven. In verses 8, he confirm, confirms that Epaphras gave him a good report and their, uh, of their faith and love. The love, their love was not the mere human affection, but a true and sincere love for the Lord and for his people, inspired by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was in them. Remark here that it is the only, in that chapter, the reference to a reference, only reference to the Holy Spirit in that epistle. For my interpretation, this uniqueness of 
is indicative that the source of our love should come from the action of the Holy Spirit. It's come through a revelation of things that we have experiences with God that moves us to love and to serve others. Only by revelation and only by the experiences that God gives you to understand his love. Now we move to the third part, Paul's request and the ingredient that he used in his prayer. In the Bible, we have four remarkable prayers of Paul. Two in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, verse 16 to 22, Ephesians 3, 14 to 24 to 21, one for the Philippians, chapter 1, 9 to 11, and one for the Colossians, for the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 9 to 14. In that part, we will see in verse 9 to 11, the four dimensions where Paul awaits the Colossians. After thanking God for the good that he has been done in the Colossians, the apostle presents their, their spiritual needs to God. The expression, therefore, shows that the apostle, the apostle request follow from what he had said before, Paul, what he has said before. Paul asked four things for them. He prayed that they would know the will of God. He prayed that they will be able to walk in the way that please the Lord. They pray that they will be strengthened to endure suffering with joy. He prayed that they will be filled with gratitude to God the Father. The Colossians are on the earth, and you and me, we are also on the earth here in Montreal. So Paul asks for them and for us that they be given the divine resources to regulate their words because we need the divine resources to regulate our work with God. For this, they must know the will of God. This is discovery in the intimate communion with God that the Holy Spirit maintains in our soul. The Christians, you and me, does not work on head by submitting, by submitting to the commandment and teaching of men, which have only the appearance of wisdom, compared to uh, Colossians 2, verse 22 to 23. Instead, the Christian received the, his instruction directly from God through the help of his word, compared to John 17, verse uh, 17 to 19. This knowledge of God, who is in the center of the prayer of uh, Paul, will most fill the believer and radiate into his inner being in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The knowledge of God is progressive. 
It is helpfully in building, up, building us up. It serves as a gas to move forward. If I, if I, uh, uh, I calculate the fuel or the gas that some of us consume since then, the amount, the amount of liters will be quite high. And like, like was in the term of food, if I consider that you have uh, 20, uh, 30 years old today and we decide to fill this room uh, with all the food that you consume in your life, you will be surprised. But it's also the image of the, to know the will of God. It's so big. You cannot receive all the knowledge in the same time, but what you receive is, is sufficient for the moment. And you have to go through more and more in the way to know God. You cannot take all in the same days. The practical purpose of Paul, the practical purpose of Paul's request is that this, the conduct of Colossians and all the believers be tuned to be tuned of the heavenly hope. Et ça, on peut le comprendre parce que les musiciens, pour bien jouer comme ils l'ont fait ce matin, leur instrument était accordé pour que le piano et la guitare puissent jouer au bon diapason. Il faut que ce soit accordé euh, comme il se doit pour que le son soit bon. Et ce que Paul désirait pour les Colossiens, c'est que leur vie soit réglée pour être en accord avec la marche qui reflète Dieu sur terre. Et ceci prend des actions personnelles qu'il faut engager. Tout à l'heure, quand je nous parlais, je nous parlais du contexte dans lequel les Colossiens ont persévéré dans la foi. Il y avait le gnosticisme qui régnait, il y avait l'antoninisme qui régnait, il y avait également le judaïsme avec toutes les facettes. Mais eux, ils ont appris des paphrases ce qui était bien, ce qui était la bonne doctrine, ce qui était la bonne nouvelle. Et ils se sont attachés. Et Paul les encourage, parce que Paul ne fait pas un travail totalement nouveau. Dans la vie des Colossiens, il y avait déjà quelque chose qui était fait par le Saint-Esprit. Paul va dans ce sens pour encourager les Colossiens à marcher de telle sorte que leur marche soit réglée au diapason de la volonté de Dieu dans leur vie. To be subtle in our conduct, is also akin to the loganimity that is patience in bearing suffering. It is not a matter of performing great digs in splendor before men, but of standing firm in the path of faith. Patience is not the indifference, it's not the resignation, and it's not also the fatalism. But it is expresses the true moral Strength to wait for deliverance from God alone. Like in uh, Lamentation 3, verse uh, 26. And our hope still based on the work of our Lord Jesus. Perhaps this will only come at the return of the Lord, compared to uh, uh, James 5, verse 7. Now we move to the verse 12 to 14. The Paul's prayer, thanksgiving, with reason to praise. Uh, 
The apostle then goes back to the very sources of the life of Christ to give thanks to the Father. His Father, his prayer of Colossians thus becomes the only the occasion to develop the most complete exposition of the glories of Christ as the result of his work. Là, je vais m'attarder sur trois choses principes, trois choses que l'apôtre Paul met en, en valeur. Et, the participation in the heritage of the saint in the light. This privilege is not for the future. It is a present thing. It's the present benefits flowing from, flowing from the work already done by Jesus. We taste it is effect in the light, the very nature of God. The word translated here by Lot is rendered as share or portion in Acts 26, verse 18, to express the same thought. It is shared blessing, the blessing of inheritance, according to Ephesians 1, verse 18. It is not uh, like a member of a particular group of the people. It's just because God has decided it for us. B, the deliverance from the power of darkness. Once we were in the darkness, the moral realms of Satan, where Satan reigns, the work of Christ has delivered us from this This is the reason also for the praise of Apostle Paul. Parce que nous avons été délivrés de la puissance des ténèbres. La situation dans laquelle les, les Colossiens se trouvaient, la simple situation selon laquelle il y avait cette pensée philosophique qui était là et qu'ils avaient décidé de suivre Christ, c'était déjà même une simple image du fait que Dieu les a sortis de cette manière de penser pour se référer à la doctrine de la foi chrétienne. Ils ont été donc délivrés de la puissance des ténèbres. Il y a bon nombre de choses qui peuvent encore être dites dans ce sens-là. Et ça, c'est une raison pour l'apôtre Paul de louer le Seigneur. Et en louant le Seigneur, c'est en même temps une chose comme prophétique pour amener les Colossiens à demeurer fermes dans le choix qu'ils ont fait. Parce que la situation dans laquelle... Il les exhorte à être, est une situation qui est déjà là et qui est souhaitable pour les jours à venir. Ça devient en même temps un déjà et un pas encore qu'ils doivent désirer pour honorer le Seigneur. The last one is the entrance in the kingdom of the Son of the Father's love. Christ's work for us is complete. Taken for, from the place of defilement, we have been transported to the place of holiness and happiness, the kingdom of the Son of God, the kingdom of the Son of God. But if God is light, he is also love in his nature. So the kingdom is that the Son of his love, a wonderful expression found only here in the world, in the all 
in the all of structure, scripture. The last one in, in, the, in the verse uh, uh, 14, the redemption and the forgiveness seen in Christ. The end of this segment reveals two foundations of the previous blessing, redemption and the remission of sins. Redemption is the work, is the work by which God redeems sinful man and delivers him from the yoke of slavery. It is in Christ Jesus and through his blood. The believer is thus delivered from the, for all bondage, those of Satan, of laws, sins, and the world and death. Redemption is neither temporal or temporally. It is for the eternity. Redemption is therefore a deliverance for the power of darkness until we enter the kingdom of the Son of Father's love. The remission. The remission of sin is the forgiveness granted to the believer by means of faith in Christ. His sins are no longer imputed to him because they were borne by Christ at the cross. The remission is final. It is also in Christ and through his blood. Que ce soit la rédemption ou la remission, la rédemption, on le voit, s'étend jusqu'à l'éternité, mais la remission des péchés, c'est quelque chose que nous pouvons avoir et expérimenter dès maintenant. Si tu donnes ta vie à Jésus, si tu décides de te fier à la doctrine chrétienne, de suivre la foi chrétienne, le Seigneur Jésus te donne la remission de tes péchés, le pardon de tes péchés, pour que tu puisses entrer en relation avec lui. N'oublions pas qu'il est un Dieu infini, il est un Dieu saint, mais il nous octroie la possibilité d'être en relation avec lui parce que Christ devient notre vêtement pour nous mettre en relation avec lui. The Apostle Paul addressed the doctrinal reality and encouraged, encouraged by the practice and his encouraged by the practical faith of the Colossians brings them the element to encourage them and give the opportunity to be rooted, to be rooted in Christ. In the following series in the epistle of Colossians, we will learn more. Here is some application or challenge to conclude. First, we want to revisit our theology. What we believe and why we believe it. The church should work on doctrinal training because it is a loss to see a person who, after having the fireplace with us, unknowingly deny the lordship of Jesus Christ in what he believes and and what he lives and believes. If you don't have the model of prayer, you can see also through the prayer of Apostle Paul the, how you can pray for yourself and also for the brother and the sister. And that will let us be the continuity of the word of the Apostle uh, in according to the, to the scripture. Avant de conclure ou avant de prier, je voudrais juste redire que 
L'apôtre Paul écrit une lettre à une ville, à une église qui est située dans une ville. Et cette lettre devait être lue dans cette église ou cette assemblée et devait être encore lue dans d'autres églises comme la Odyssée et autres. Mais il base son, son écriture sur le contexte du rapport qu'il a reçu d'Epaphras. Epaphras serait passé dans cette ville et parce que lui aussi il était en contact avec l'apôtre Paul et qu'il a connu la parole, il a annoncé l'évangile à ses bien-aimés qui sont devenus des chrétiens. Mais pendant qu'ils sont chrétiens, ils appartiennent à une civilisation qui a une manière de réfléchir, une manière de penser. Souvenons-nous que c'est la grecque antique qui dominait une bonne partie de ce monde-là. Et simplement dire que Dieu est le Père du Seigneur Jésus était aussi une déclaration forte parce que les Grecs qui étaient en ce temps savaient que c'était Zeus qui était le Père des dieux. Mais il fallait apporter un enseignement qui permettent à ceux qui font profession de foi d'ancrer leur foi dans des valeurs qui sont celles de la foi en Christ. Il a écouté la bonne foi des Colossiens, il a donc écrit pour les encourager. Et vous allez apprendre beaucoup de choses dans les différentes séries qui vont suivre. Aujourd'hui, ce n'était que l'introduction. Mais quand il les écrivait, il avait aussi, non seulement qu'il a entendu parler de leur foi, mais il savait également que dans l'ambiance, dans, dans l'atmosphère ambiante, il y avait aussi des fausses doctrines, des doctrines philosophiques qui émanaient dans cette région. Il fallait donc renforcer, comme on le dit aujourd'hui dans nos entreprises, capacité, donner, employment, comme on dit aussi un peu en anglais, je crois que c'est le mot, donner la puissance de la connaissance, donner la révélation, donner l'enseignement qu'il faut aux Colossiens pour qu'ils puissent continuer dans la voie qu'ils ont engagée. En le faisant, l'apôtre Paul prend la peine de rendre grâce à Dieu, de dire merci à Dieu pour ce qu'il a déjà fait dans leur vie et ce qu'il continuera de faire. Et pour les 14 versets que nous avons lus ce matin, il conclut formidablement ce verset, enfin notre section, en s'arrêtant au verset 14, il parle de la rédemption et de la rémission qui sont des éléments, on ne peut plus, centraux dans notre marche chrétienne. Si la rédemption s'étend dans un accomplissement jusqu'à l'éternité, la remission des péchés, elle, nous lui, nous l'avons, ou lui ou elle, la remission des péchés, elle, nous l'avons, dès que nous donnons notre vie au Seigneur Jésus. Puisse le Seigneur bénisse sa parole, je vais m'arrêter là, nous prions. Reverend Father, I thank you for this morning, I thank you for this uh, epistle of Colossians, and I thank you for what we have uh, learned in, uh, in, in, in this section. And Lord, I pray that you, 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 you bring my brother and my sister into the revelation to know more uh, on you in their life day by day. Et, et, et je prie dans ce sens, Seigneur, que ta connaissance soit davantage révélée et que les bien-aimés se sentent encouragés de te chercher continuellement dans leur vie pour s'asseoir comme tu veux qu'ils s'assient. Seigneur, nous aurons encore bon nombre d'enseignements de, dans cette série. Je prie que tu visites la foi de chacun d'entre nous 
que tu nous bâtisses et que tu nous permettes d'être des personnes à même de te rencontrer quand tu seras de retour. Je prie que ta bonne main soit sur nous et que la gloire et la louange te reviennent. C'est au nom